Hello, welcome to Shaman Sisters Sessions, episode 81, Conscious Entrepreneurship. I'm Catherine Bird. I'm here with my dear shaman sister, Michelle Hawk, and we bring you this podcast on a weekly basis to discuss all sorts of topics relating to the mystical path, to healership, to shamanism, and how, what it means to walk this path and to bring your work to the world and be a part of the evolution of consciousness and the shift on the planet. And this month, we are focused on finances, on business, on sacred money, and the, our taking our work that we've been doing with ourselves, for ourselves, and bringing, bringing it to the world and what it means to live a life of a a healer, a guide, a mentor, someone who is bringing out into the world your work so that you can have a life that you love, that feels good, that feels delicious and yummy and sustaining and successful and also has a big impact. This is really important. This is a huge topic that is near and dear to both Michelle and I's heart as we've been on this path for a long time, building our own businesses, our own impact and reach out into the world, and then supporting others as they've been on their path, realizing their gifts, bringing their gifts to the surface and training them not only to use those gifts, but how do you actually live this life? How do you take something that's mystical and magical and healing and spiritual and also bring it into very tangible physical form in a way that supports you and lets you do all the things that you want to do in the world. Mm -hmm. Because if our, Hi. Uh, and if our businesses are not serving our work, then they are detracting from our work. So, you know, everything that we're talking about today, certainly, you know, by, by no means is this comprehensive. You know, this is four episodes here that we've been spending on, on business and sacred finances. And there's way more that we could get into and way more that we will continue to get into as we, uh, as we go, you know, we weave this into all of our discussions. Um, speaking of conscious entrepreneurship, I just a couple of days ago on Sunday had the mentorship day, the fall mentorship day for my I am medicine cohort and I had a handful of clients come out. It was a small group and it was phenomenal. You know, this is one of the things that we get to do when we are not only serving and doing the work, but creating a business platform that supports the ability to go out to an epic retreat center and have amazing gourmet lunch sitting around a fire and, and all of these pieces in place that um, that come from the ability not only to do the healing work, but to run a business. So right. I'll just plant that seed right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because that's part of it. And so often we see and have been these super struggling, very nervous, anxious healers who are trying to get it together and create something. And it can be scary and frustrating and intimidating and confusing and uh, all of the all of the 
all of the things, right? It being an entrepreneur, like shifting our, our mindset into not only being one of service and of offering to others of, of being the spiritual seeker, but to shift our mindset into one of creating a business, creating something that has impact in the world and affects others and, and has visibility. It, it does, it will bring up all your shit. It will trigger you. It will bring up your childhood wounds. It will cause you to, uh, confront yourself on so many levels. It's just, it's, it's one of the things that it's there for. And I see a lot of healers who, who sometimes hide in, and it's not necessarily serving because them or the world because there is so much growth. There's so much inner work. There's so much self-development that goes into confronting ourselves on this part, on making money, making plans, doing the structure of this reality. Mm -hmm. When I hear you say you see people hide, I'm, I'm going to spell that out a little bit more because I don't think it was 100% clear, but hide behind the idea of I'm not a business per person, I'm not in it for the money, I'm not, you know, just being, cutting out that whole part of the identity. Is that what you were meaning? Yeah, because we can, it's, it's almost easy for us to say, this is my spiritual dharma, this is my this is my, it, it's so spiritual that I can't sully it with this whole money and business and structure and planning and calendars. Right. And well, that's, yeah, that's where, you know, business becomes a dirty word. And right. really, you know, when we're speaking about conscious entrepreneurship, this is, you know, one of the things that I invite you to write in your journal and triple gold star underline in that as through conscious entrepreneurship, not only are we bringing a new vision to the archetype of the healer, meaning the healer who can work a spreadsheet, can make a budget, can mark themselves, can write copy, but we're bringing a new archetype to the art or bringing a new vision to the archetype of business and the way that business is done in the world. And so with this, you know, business is only a dirty word as long as we allow it to keep being so. And we look at business people as maybe people who are trying to sell us things. The reality is as a business person, you are going to have to sell things the way it feels is up to you. It can either be skeezy or it can be a heart offering <laughs> and marketing things. Again, it can be skeezy marketing or it can be, let me tell you a story about my life that maybe you can relate to too. That's marketing. Right. You're going to have to enroll people in programs. Again, skeezy option or let's bring a group of people together who are so excited to get to know and know each other and support each other. All of these pieces, again, there is the dirty word business option or there is the how am I through my dharma, through my practice, not only serving, but rewriting the world of business and the way that we relate to business. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to acknowledge that as healers and spiritual seekers, as mystics, that this is just another relationship. This is just the same as your intimate relationships, your family relationships. 
they're often there to also push you towards healing. They're there to push you towards self-discovery and coming into full integrity and full alignment. And this is another relationship that you're cultivating in your life as this separate entity that it is in order for you to acknowledge some of the stuff that comes up when, when we say business or we say marketing, we say sales, uh, sales funnel, sales call, uh, uh, you know, all, all of the words that get thrown around, what goes on inside of your body? Mm -hmm. What happens? What's, what comes up? What are the emotions? What are the sensations that happen? Because these words are often quite triggering to us and we can either ignore them and, and make some sort of very high brow excuse as to why we're, we don't want to, to uh, be a part of that. Or we can be very, very honest with ourselves of, oh, that triggers me because, or wow, that makes me feel this very intense feeling. What happens when I use my healing practices, my personal practices to go into that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Business is not exempt from the rules that we would apply to anything else like that in our lives. And yet we give it so much permission. So let's kind of call out a couple of those really common beliefs. I think there are some that are kind of similar across the board of, you know, some of the hidden stuff behind why there's resistance to stepping into entrepreneurship. Uh, one of them is fear of being seen because in, and this is, I, I say this because I had this where, you know, look at what we're doing now. This is a, a podcast offering, a video podcast offering. Kat and I both have businesses. We both have brands. We both have names that when you Google Michelle Hawk, I'm pretty sure I'm the first one who comes up. And that takes a certain degree of comfort with being seen. In order for that to happen, I need to be okay being a face of something. And that wasn't always the case. In fact, that, you know, there was a long time where I didn't want people, it was like, I wanted to help people, but I just wanted word of mouth referrals. Like I didn't want a website. And then I made a website because, oh, it, you know, it's the, it's the 21st century. You have to have a website. Otherwise you can't help anybody or whatever. And then it's like, but I didn't have any pictures of me on the website. And then <laughs> and like all these layers of what is it like to be seen? Is it safe for me as a healer to be seen and to be known? That's one of the big ones. That's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Another one is, is simply that I'm not good at that. I'm just not good at business. I'm not good at making money. I'm not good at networking. I'm not good at talking to people. I'm not good on video. I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm not good. Mm -hmm. And we can especially psych ourselves out seeing others. We can see others that have been doing this for a long time and compare ourselves to others and look at where our shortcomings are and decide that, oh, I was going to make this blanket statement. I'm not good at X, Y, Z. And that's that. Mm -hmm. I'll just do something, you know, I'll just not, not do it. Right. And as though that gives us a, you know, permission and as though that gives us an out to not have to budget things. And as we spoke about last week, when we had special 
the guest, Chris Wilborn, with us. And if you missed her episode, I highly recommend you go back and visit. You know, one of the things that she emphasized was that this is a skill set. This is not some innate talent or gift that some people have and some people don't. Just like we tell you that healing practice is, you know, we call it a gift and yet it's something that anyone can learn. It's a skill set and money management and business management is no different. And so that whole, I'm not good at this. Well, have you tried? Have you learned? Have you read a book? Have you taken a business class? And just, you know, start giving yourself permission to call yourself out a little bit on not only what is behind that, you know, am I afraid of being seen or am I, you know, can I really do this? Oh, I'm not good at this, you know, because then we don't try, we don't have to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Do you have another one? I have one. Yeah, I have one around. Um, I actually have a couple, one of which is almost the idea of, um, kind of like what you mentioned earlier of, well, it's my calling. It's my purpose. I shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be a business mm-hmm. and it doesn't. I'll tell you right now, your calling and your purpose does not have to be a business. I give you permission right now to not start a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let it be a, a, some, a hobby. Let it be something that you do to your friends or do with your friends. Mm-hmm. And yet the reason that most of you are tuning in, I'm pretty darn sure is because you feel called to make it bigger and bigger than you requires structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another one that comes up is it's boring. <laughs> it's boring and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want to. And, you know, I, I have this one where when I think about going to maybe a more business related seminar or something like that, there's the part of me that's like, uh, <laughs> and it's like, Oh, that's boring. This part over here, this is fun. This is what I want to do. And we also hear because there, it, it, this is true. You should try to stay within your zone of genius and you should try to build structures so that other people are supporting you doing things that you don't really want to do. But the truth is that when you are starting out and you're a baby entrepreneur, you're going to do a lot of stuff that you don't really like and you're going to have a learning curve and things are going to take longer than they should. And as you're learning how to hire people and how to get support there, it, it's important for you to actually understand how your business works and what works and what doesn't and how long things work, take to do before you actually hire people in my opinion, because I know that I've made that mistake of hiring people. I, I had a company I had uh, that was working for me and they were doing this stuff for me and they were charging this much money a month. And then at one point I, cause I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to do that. And then they couldn't do it one month. They, they were backed up and couldn't do these things that I needed by a certain time. And I had a friend jump on the call with me and teach me how to do it. And I did it myself and it was so simple and so easy. And I did it so fast and I was just kicking myself because I had spent so much money uh, on this company doing this thing for me that I could have done for myself so much more easily and had them do something else, you know? Um, And Mm -hmm. Then I had a better idea the next time that I hired somebody to do that job, like what it really took. Mm -hmm. And that converse of that is doing absolutely everything yourself when you should be hiring out. 
which is the realm that I fall into. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and having been, huh? I do too. Yeah, right. You know, having been in the the um, perpetual DIY zone for a very long time, and then recognizing, you know, this is part of that skill that you learn is discerning what is it actually more beneficial for me to hire out for, and what is it just as easy, just as fast. And, you know, perhaps there's something in this experience that I get out of by doing myself. And I'm of the philosophy that anything in my business, I want to be able to know how to do. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it is a choice whether I hire out. It is something that I already know how to do. And I am choosing to delegate because it will make my life easier, more efficient, more pleasant, not out of necessity or not knowing how because I want to know how every single piece in my business actually works. Mm -hmm. And just, just because I'm, I might forget about this later, but like, like sitting on that, um, for me personally, I know that I, for years, I did my own websites. I even helped some other people with websites, but they were all on just like Weebly, like really easy, drag around, drag and drop, super easy. I did updates constantly. It was so easy for me. And it was not stressful. It was no big deal. And I, when I was transitioning into, oh, I'm having a bigger impact. I'm, I'm, I want to launch my new brand, new website. I hired somebody to build a site on WordPress and they were like, yeah, you'll be able to use it. And it, it was an enormous frustration for me. I could still to this day have, a, even though someone else has gone in and made it easier for me to, to, to work with, it's still challenging for me. So that was a huge frustration point for me because I didn't take the tack of this is actually already easy for me. I kind of enjoyed doing it. It's not a big deal. And I could continue have continued to have done that instead of spending so many thousands of dollars and so many frustrating hours trying to do what I thought was the best thing and what I thought everybody else was doing in their business. And so I needed to do what everybody else was doing. And so from that, it's just that, that piece around, this is your business. You get to do the business. You get to decide how it works. You get to decide what it is that you like to do and what it is that you don't like to do. And not based on what anybody else is saying is the, the right way to do it. You can get a lot of amazing, incredible advice and coaching and so on and so forth. But sometimes we make things way more complicated than they need to be. And we we make our lives harder. Mm -hmm. I know that I've, I've done this several times. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, sort of something to extract out of this is the idea that the way we do something is the way we do everything. So journal prompt opportunity, I invite you here, just go ahead and jot this down and you can revisit this later, to look at what habits do I have in my business or in my practice that are serving me and what habits do I have in my business and my practice that are not serving me? And take a look at the roots behind each of those. You know, what is, what serves you? And then look for patterns. Okay, where else in my life am I doing something like that? How am I feeding myself? How am I serving myself? And then look at all the things that aren't. And look at, oh, wow, is there anywhere else in my life where I'm doing something similar to that? And I guarantee you it's going to be illuminating for sure. 
the one of the realms I, I want to um, slightly shift directions here and look at the idea of again the way we do something is the way we do everything and you know Kat what you were talking about the idea of what we think is the right thing to do I put a huge like take with a massive tablespoon of salt for that you know what what do we think is the right thing to do or the thing that we should be doing in business there this is one of the uh, a conversation I actually had like last week with a client where we were talking about some you know where she's at in her business her professional healing practice and she was sharing with me this this particular circumstance which I can um, elaborate on a little bit but she was sharing me with me this circumstance and and I stopped and I asked her why are you doing that because and what are you feeling right now she's like well I feel anxious I feel this weight in my chest I feel this and I was like okay so where's that coming from and and it was coming from the idea that I had to do things or that she had to do things this way because that was what she had learned from a business person and what she had learned from doing research about what you're supposed to do in your business and I'm like look what what is your body telling you your body's telling you that that doesn't feel aligned that it, that it's more than I don't want to do it or I don't know how it's like no not a good decision and so we explored that a little bit more too and the idea of what what is actually in authentic alignment in your business this is part of conscious entrepreneurship it's, you know, there's so many layers to this and we're picking them, pick them, picking them apart one by one, but how can we bring more consciousness to our own relationship with being an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. treat our business the way that we treat our energy bodies, the way that we treat our intuition, the way that we treat our healing practice. Our business is no different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important to remember and to key, key into and to to feel into. We often either get that advice or we look at someone else's structures and what they're doing. And we might go, wow, they're doing this course and this thing and they have this membership program and they have this uh, podcast and they have this, uh, this thing and this thing. And we might then look at ourselves. Well, if I'm, if I'm going to have a business, I need to do all those things. I need to have like all these balls in the air at the same time. And you might not be thinking, well, actually that person's been doing that for 10 or 20 years. They slowly built that up and had all of those things. And what, how did they start? And if you ask them, they would probably say, well, I was doing one-on-one -on -one sessions for a while with people, or I was teaching these classes or whatever it is, they probably started with one thing. And often we can see other people doing a bunch of things and go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to have a blog and a podcast and I'm supposed to teach live classes. I'm supposed to do have an online program. I'm supposed to have a mentorship program. I'm supposed to have a membership program, <laughs> like all this stuff. And we can shoot ourselves in the foot by not letting ourselves just like consciously see this relationship blossoming and what is the thing that's going to feed it the most where we're just focusing enough so that it's not so many different things all over the place but we're just focusing on it in a way that feels sustainable for our energy bodies and sustainable for our system and also something that we can continuously put that energy toward and nurture until it feels like yeah okay 
this feels good. I got this. Oh, it feels like my, my system has the ability to expand to the next thing. It has the ability to take on something else. And then we add to it and we take on something else. I, I see a lot of people who uh, get very excited and, and believe me, I get really excited too, but get very excited and, and overwhelm their nervous system with taking on too many responsibilities in their business because they look outside and go, oh, that's what it looks like. That's what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And to give you a little bit of a clue, and you know, we don't have to go into all the systems and structures, but to give you an idea, the way that somebody is able to sustain offerings like that, that, you know, for example, you know, Kat, like you were talking about a podcast and a newsletter and a men membership program and a course and a one-on-one -on -one thing and a this thing and a that thing and a website and a whatever else is because they have a whole lot of established smoothly running systems in place that it took them a long time to build and so you you know here's another set of skill development is systems organization within the business and looking at i feel like that's another a different podcast episode right there of like, what are the systems in place that we use? But, you know, looking at different software, looking at uh, different timing, looking at your schedule, looking at, at how you're calendaring out your year, looking at, at, at your marketing cycles, looking at all of these pieces that it simply takes, you know, quite frankly, a, a matter of time and a matter of skill mastery in order to be able to, to cultivate that, foundational base where you know that's not all raw creative energy going into all of those things that that doesn't happen it's creative energy going at what you're seeing like the top layer of it you know the work itself the sessions itself the content itself and then everything else underneath it it's like that bedrock of the business that was laid over a long time to become a solid foundation yeah, exactly. <sighs> Important stuff. Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of aspects that we're looking at here. Um, I would love to visit. You know, as as we're kind of tuning into, you know, where have we been this month? Let's just take a moment and zoom out for a quick second. So, in case you missed it, our very first episode from this month was on the business of healing, and we talked a lot about what is it like to create a business practice of your healing work. We talked about prosperity consciousness the, the next week uh, around what is our relationship with abundance and receiving and manifestation. We talked about sacred finances last week with Chris, and now we're talking about, okay, how are we putting that together? Not only, I think, you know, part of our intention for the topic this week is not only in the business part of entrepreneurship, but what is it like to put that platform out in the world? And this is another invitation, gold star, triple underline in your notebook. The business itself, and this is a, you know, a part of the conversation I had with that client I just mentioned, is let your business itself be a tool in your healing practice. It is an extension of you. It is an extension of your work. So ensure that every part of your business is something that you would feel in integrity about including in your healing practice itself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I, I think the other piece of where we're like the other little drop in around this concept of conscious entrepreneurship is around our effect on others, on our effect on the planet, on what it is that we're contributing to the world and seeing ourselves as part of this larger, this larger community and seeing ourselves as entrepreneurs in some ways so that we start putting ourselves at the same level as other entrepreneurs. And in so doing, we start to integrate into their lives as well so that their businesses start to become more conscious. And mm -hmm. we start to have a greater effect on how business in general is done in the world. And when we allow ourselves to be that, to show up that way, to, to be a stand for this is a business too, and this is what it means to be conscious in the world, then, then we have this, this larger effect on what business means, on what entrepreneurship means, and we start dropping those seeds into mm -hmm. this other realm that might really need us, that's missing us, that's missing this level of spirituality and commitment to personal development and growth. Mm -hmm. And and even for uh, different industries that maybe have a little bit less of their toe in the water of the personal development and spiritual practice, simple integrity and alignment. These are universal factors and and service and generosity and platform and uh, responsibility. All of these values, you know, and, and it's, uh, I, I want to put in a little bookmark here. Um, you know, I'm guessing we'll return probably sometime early next year, maybe January or so with another colleague. I just heard back from her and she does a lot of really fabulous work with values. So we'll probably be visiting that with her sometime early in the year uh, and looking at how are we allowing our business to reflect those values. And again, looking at, we see a lot of business, you know, business has a, a dirty name. It's a dirty word for a reason, you know, for the reason that we're seeing people living out of their bodies and people doing business practice that are not in, in integrity and not in service and contributing to sustainability and responsibility. And so, um, yes, the connection to that spiritual practice and the personal development and, and even again, let us be influencers for people who are not even in the same industry of how can we prove that it is possible to have a successful, thriving, profitable business that functions on a different model and sets us up for success personally, but also sets all our clients up for success, sets our communities up for success, keeps more money in local small business operations, works in the realm of environmental sustainability. You know, just kind of look at what am I saying with my business? What am I advocating for with my business? With every part of my business, what does that say about me and what I am standing for and creating in the world? Right. And on top of that, when when we stand for having a business, when we stand for charging money for <laughs> services and creating something that's, that's bringing in financial stability into our lives, 
then we have the ability to sustain ourselves, to feed ourselves, to do more training, to uh, contribute to our evolution and growth. And we also have the ability to give money to people. We have the ability to offer scholarships. We have the ability to, to work with people who are in financial need and offer our services and support to them in not in a way that is draining us and is bringing us down because we're also aware that we are bringing in money from other sources. And in that we get to have that declaration of service that sometimes some people use as a cop out for not running a business. Well, but if I'm running a business and I'm charging that much money for my service, then I'm not going to be able to serve everybody and I'm not going to be being the altruistic person that I want to be yet. It's really hard to be that altruistic person being of service, giving away your services when your nervous system is wrecked out because you can't afford your rent and your body isn't thriving because you can't afford the food and the supplements that you, your body needs and you can't afford to go see practitioners and you can't afford to go do the next training that you want to do. So there's this larger awareness of looking at the, the things that we tell ourselves, the reasons that we can't do something and then picking apart and finding the, the falsehoods in that and the way that actually flipping it, we get to be of higher service from this level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's super, super important. And, you know, having fallen prey to this twisted philosophy, I guess is a, a good way of saying that, you know, I, I can tell you from personal experience and, and having been a little bit all over the spectrum in terms of, you know, making like almost nothing and then having, um, you know, clients who are paying larger sums of money. And then that affords me to take on scholarship clients, which is, you know, the, the way that I have of, of, uh, reconciling, you know, and, and now I'm at a position in my work right now where I do have, I have a spectrum of offerings. I have ways for people to work with me that are, uh, you know, somewhere in the realm of a couple hundred dollars a month and then ways for people to work with me that are upwards of a thousand dollars a month or, you know, it, I, a program that's, you know, upwards of $10,000 and then things that are again, and it, it all over this spectrum. And it is designed, first of all, it's not random. It is very unpurposely designed, my pricing structure, to keep me accessible to people who need me and also to make sure that all of my needs are met so that I can keep being accessible. I can keep showing up. I can take scholarship clients because I do have a handful of people who reach out to me on the regular, you know, every, every year I have people who reach out who legitimately for them, that price tag is simply not an option. And for the people who I feel deeply called to serve, who are doing amazing work in the world and genuinely need help, I want to be able to help them. And it is these multi-thousand dollar programs that enable me to offer my services at extreme discounted rates to people who I believe in and get to support them. And love on them and lift them up to where, you know, eventually maybe they'll be at a point where they can pay me more. Maybe not, you know, or maybe at that point it'll be time to graduate out of our work together. That's okay. I don't care. But knowing that 
that's a part of my value that I am asserting in holding what am what do I deserve? What am I worth? And also how can this support me being of even greater service? How can a very purposefully, gracefully designed level of multiple points of entry of pricing structure enable me to actually serve more people? Mm -hmm. And it took you quite a while to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Long time. <laughs> It was not an overnight situation, but it was a learn what do I actually need to live in the world? What do I need to survive? Learn to value that enough where I'm not compromising on that anymore at all. Learn to start asking for it and learn to design the programs and the, the payout schedule and, and my balancing my calendar throughout the year so that I make sure I always have money coming in. I have a fairly predictable income and it enable that predictability. This is one of the pieces that Chris was talking about last week, creating predictability in our income enables me to say, okay, I know that for the, through the end of the year and actually through the spring, I know how much money I'm going to make bare minimum. I might have a couple more things come in on top of that, but it's going to be no less than that. Awesome. That means I now have X amount of time that I can take off to actually have vacation I have X amount of time that I can book no clients. So I have dedicated training and business development days in my calendar. I have guaranteed amount of time that I can spend volunteering. And all of that is because I know how much money I'm going to make for the next about five months, like guaranteed. Yeah. And the only reason because is because of those systems in place and because of that predictability and the, everything that we've talked about, about not avoiding the business aspect of my service. I am able to serve more because I have a business that creates space for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. I wonder if we have any, as we're kind of wrapping up here, let's have any favorite tools or techniques that we can give to people of things that they can bring or, or questions that they can bring to their own practices. Kat, what would you recommend off the top of your head as a favorite practice or tool or technique? I think to number one, to start working on your calendar. <laughs> like, um, I used to just completely, I, I remember I ran a business without a calendar for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I like to try to run a business without a calendar and then slowly over time I was like better and better and better and upgraded and upgraded and upgraded but especially to start to calendar things out and to like you're saying that day of business development and this day of of this but starting to put those blocks in your calendar of this is when I'm going to work on research you know, maybe right now you're still in the research phase of what's out there and what's being offered and what do other people's structures look like and what do I like to do? Um, having those little blocks of I'm going to do a business something and I'm going to read a book. I'm going to read a book about business that is calling to me and I'm actually going to put it in my calendar so that I get it done because reading business books is not fun. I'm sorry. It's a book. There's not that much usually. So it sometimes takes putting that stuff in the calendar and starting to create time and space for your business, putting administrative time into your calendar, putting 
when you're going to do your sales calls into your calendar so that when somebody reaches out to you, you have, I do that on Thursday or whatever it is, starting to look at your life and break it up so that you're not trying to do everything all at the same time, but you're giving yourself these little bite-sized pieces so that you understand these are the days I do this, these are the kind of the hours that I work, this is what works for me, and it might not be what anybody else is doing, but starting to feel into what works for you and your business and what do those structures look like? And also calendaring some, some space off. I know for several years at the beginning of my business, I never took a day off. I didn't think because I wasn't, I wasn't successful enough to deserve a day off is what my mindset was on that one. And it was not serving me. Uh, just adding in one day off and then I was like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> And then I moved it up to two days off and generally I kind of take three days off a week now and and you know then I know that on a couple days of my week I work a lot of hours and that feels more sustainable to me. I, I like to do that a little bit more. I get into a role and I just keep going. So mm -hmm. what works for you in your calendaring and doing that on that daily basis, the weekly basis, and then starting to look at that larger scale, like you're saying, how do we make this more sustainable is by, Michelle's really good at helping me with this, and I often go off the rails and I end up like changing my stuff around, so I'm not the best person on this, but calendaring things out into the next year, looking forward into what, what you want to offer, what you want to create, and starting to write that stuff down so that you can hold yourself accountable and you can give yourself uh, gold stars when you do a good job. And the calendar is a game changer if you're not like really on your calendaring. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Super, super good advice. And I'll put a, um, a little bookmark there. You know, we're just at the equinox. Happy equinox, by the way, we just passed the equinox. Yay. Um, as we're, you know, kind of getting into October, November here. I mean, I already started calendaring a little bit for 2019 um, months ago because I had to get an idea of what are my course dates for I Am Alchemy. But, you know, I, I printed off a bunch of calendars the other day and I took a picture of them all spread out all over the counter in my kitchen as I'm starting to mark out not only I Am Alchemy, but the next iteration of I Am Medicine Cohort. And, uh, you know, kind of the spring and fall versions of the spiritual mentorship work and looking at this trip that I want to take in August and how can I book retreat dates around that. You know, the way that I am able to do that is because calendar. So that's yeah. a great Especially if you want to run courses or do retreats, that's stuff you have to plan out ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. And even if that's not the case for you, it's still a good idea to have a general idea of the flow, if possible, a flow of how is work coming into my life. Again, start with, you know, kind of the day, the week, expand it out to a month and then start looking at the year, you know, start with, I would actually say, you know, kind of the day, the week, get that really down, expand it to a month, then start looking at a 90 day chunk. That's a really good digestible yeah. amount of time, like look at 90 days of the calendar, then six months, then the year, you know, so work yourself up, set yourself up for success. Don't start with a year calendar. If you've never done that before, it's not going to make any sense for you. Yeah. Um, but work it up for sure. 
Um, other piece or a tool or technique that I find super, super helpful. Um, I would, I would do a little bit of an audit. Again, look at, uh, returning to that journal prompt of what habits do I have in my business that are really supportive, that are really serving me and what habits and, and structures do I have in my business that are not supportive, that maybe leave me feeling drained, that feel out of integrity or that I feel I'm, or like I'm doing because somebody told me I had to, or I think that this is how business works. Do an audit, look at everything, look at, you know, make a list of all your clients who do you actually like working with? Do you have clients that you don't like working with? This is a, another one of those pieces of is everything that you're doing in alignment? You know, we have, and I'll just share a little bit more about this. Um, one of my clients that I was having this conversation with where part of the question was she had somebody who was um, an, a possibility of someone who was going to sign up to work with her. And she's in a position where she's like, I need one more client in order to make my, 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 like my survival money, right? Her level here. She's like, I need one more client. And this person is the closest. And so we were talking about, okay, what is, what do you feel around this person? What do you feel around the, the idea of working with this person and, you know, leading her through some of these exercises, she discovered that she actually did not want to work with this person, but it was out of a feeling of obligation of, I could help this person. This person needs help. I could help them. But the idea of doing that just gave her a lot of anxiety and heaviness. And so then we had that conversation of the way you do your business is just as much of a tool as your actual work itself. So if you take on a client that you don't actually feel good about, that doesn't feel aligned, it's going to drain you. It's going to not feel good. And you are going to be so excited for when that client falls off of your calendar. Mm -hmm. So do, do an audit of every client, everything in your business, every system, every practice. Does it work? Is it flowing? Is it supportive? Is it easy? Is it sustainable? Or if not, what needs to change so that it then becomes that or does it need to go and what is a more effective habit or skill or tool to, to replace it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to be, you know, I think we, we talked about this in the first episode of the month in the business of healing, but to be consistent, keep showing up, keep putting this stuff out there, put something out there. Even if you don't really like, you know, think it's the best, most epic thing you've ever done, like keep putting, keep putting your work out. Keep, if, even if nobody shows up, put it out and go, okay, well, maybe whatever, whatever. There's a hundred reasons why maybe this class didn't, didn't fly or whatever that is. But over time, consistency is key. Mm -hmm. And with that, find your forever pace in quotes, your forever pace, meaning what pace could you theoretically hold forever at whatever that offering is? So it, you know, again, with that, the temptation is to start, you know, start a marathon sprinting because you're all, you've got your adrenaline and you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then you get a mile in, you're like, shit, all right, that was too fast. Got to slow down when actually it's awesome to, yeah, you, you do just a little tiny bit to take the edge off, but like build yourself up and make sure that it's a pace that you can sustain. So saying, okay, I'm gonna send a newsletter every single week when you've never sent a newsletter ever before in your life, 
maybe start with once a quarter, start with once a month and just get in, set yourself up for success. Give yourself a, an opportunity to win and meet your goal so that then you can push your goal up a little more because it's going to feel way better to you to say, awesome, I totally met my goal of sending a newsletter once a quarter. I'm going to challenge myself to send one once a month now. Awesome. I totally did that. I did that for a few months in a row. Great. I'm going to send one every two weeks. Amazing. I'm crushing it. And then you work yourself up as opposed to, I'm going to send a newsletter once a week and then you do it twice and then never again. So what's your forever pace? <laughs> what? I think the other, the, like the, on the tail end of that is don't use this as an excuse to beat the shit out of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of us are so used to life is, is really hard and everything is hard. And, uh, we set ourselves up to find ways to make ourselves, uh, feel bad about ourselves. And so if that is you, call yourself out and don't let yourself do that. Don't give yourself goals and expectations that are so outrageously beyond where you're at in your career that you, that you are then going to shoot yourself in the foot and then beat the shit out of yourself and eat a bag of cookies and like take the next month off. Mm -hmm. Like you just, we, a lot of conscious, when we're saying conscious entrepreneurship, is how much consciousness can you bring to this practice? This is just another personal practice. It just happens to look like your business. Mm. So how much mm -hmm. consciousness can you bring to this in terms of, this is where I beat out of myself. This is where I sabotage myself. This is where I, uh, I make really bad uh, decisions quickly. Okay. This is Hello? where I let fear take over. Sorry, am I, am I wobbly? Okay, I, I didn't catch most of that. I'm hoping other people did, but... Okay. okay. I don't yeah. know. In, am I better now? Yes. Now you're better. Okay. I heard like little bits and pieces, you know, letting just, your... Yeah. The gist of it. Don't, don't let this be another way that you beat the shit out of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about this is just another personal practice that happens to look like a business. That was great. Yeah. And with this, you know, really inviting, you know, kind of one of these last pieces here is inviting yourself to zoom out and look at in as a cell in the cosmic organism, how is my business sitting in the greater context of my community, of my, uh, my industry in global industry, you know, starting to take a moment and zoom out and know that as soon as you put your hat in the ring and say like, okay, I'm a business, you are a part of this thing that is greater than you. And your business is a part of something that is so much greater than it. So looking at how am I being a positive contribution, not only it through the work, but letting my business be a healthy cell in a thriving cosmic body of supportive, sustainable industry. That's an invitation to look at, again, what is the platform that we're creating and once you do that audit of all the systems in your business and everything in your business, do the audit of is everything that I am putting out in the world in alignment with who I am as a person and with the legacy that I want to leave. Start thinking about what is the thing that I am building that is bigger than me that will have a footprint. You know, these podcast episodes will be up on the internet forever, probably. 
hopefully they'll be <laughs> right. You know, so even, you know, long after Kat and I are no longer in business or whatever happens, like there will be opportunity to view these for a very long time because that's how the internet works and that's the age we're in right now. So look at what are you creating that feels impactful and good to you. And don't take that as a like, oh my God, I can only ever put out amazing things because it'll exist forever. No, look at it as how can I, again, be of positive contribution to something that is so much bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And also find your mentors, find your inspirations, find the people who have done it and that you can look up to when you have that voice in your head that says, oh, I'm just a healer, I'm just a whatever, I'm, I can never be really successful at this. Uh, last night, I found out that Louise Hay didn't write her first book till she was in her 50s. So... You know, and yeah. then she became super famous and still is on the bestseller list. And you can, you can always you know, be creating something and creating a big impact. And there are a lot of people who are very successful at this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let us know how that lands. We gave you a lot to digest and work with, not only in this episode, but in this month. So please know that this is, again, a continually evolving process. And go ahead and shoot us an email if you'd like. You can message us on Facebook. Let us know how this is going for you. You can tune into those other business-related episodes and all of our episodes on our YouTube channel, Shaman Sister Sessions, on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can also tune into our website and find links to all of those, shamansistersessions.com. And you can go ahead and contact us through our website there if you would like. We highly value you. We value your contributions to the world and to the work. And it is through contributions such as yours that it enables us to keep doing what we're doing. If you would like to support our work, please become a patron of our podcast. You can do so at patreon.com slash shaman sister session. Shaman Sister Sessions. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Shaman Sister Sessions. And you can donate even $1 a month. You can donate more than that if you want to, but even $1 a month is helpful. There are a lot of behind the scenes fees to running this podcast, and we want to make sure that it continues to be a free offering to you. So if this has been valuable, please support us. Even $1 a month is helpful. Mm -hmm. Any projects to share? Anything on the radar? Uh, the next thing I have going on is next Thursday. I have a free masterclass happening, Signs You Are a Channel, uh, Owning Your Innate Gift, which I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience <laughs> of channeling and then some of the some of the signs and kind of the symptoms of what this what this thing is and and what to do next, how to handle how to handle this. And that's my next thing, which will be next Thursday. You can find that on Eventbrite or on Facebook. If you go to my personal or my business Facebook page, you'll find that event and you can sign up and it's free. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I currently am in the midst of delivering all my, my stuff to all my people. So I don't have any new, new things coming down the chute right now. But in case you're curious, you can go ahead and poke around my website a little bit if you like, joyofenergy.com. And I'm sending out an article later this evening that is a peek behind the veil, behind the scenes of I Am Medicine Mentorship Day that just happened on Sunday. So if you'd like to know a little bit more about what we get up to on a mentorship, 
membership day. What is that actually like? Go ahead and contact me and I'll make sure that you get that email if you're not already on my uh, my tribe list who will be getting that later this evening. And uh, to give you an idea of where we're headed next month, next month we have special guest David Rostovsky joining us in the middle of the month. Uh, I can find out the date right now. On 16th. The 16th. Yeah, October 16th. So just to uh, keep your calendars booked, we are off for next week. So we have no episode next Tuesday on October 2nd, but we will be back on the 9th, the 16th. We're taking the 23rd off as well because there are five Tuesdays in October. So we usually do three episodes every month and then we'll be back on the 30th. So next month we're uh, we're having David join us to talk about building a life around soul truth. What happens if you actually do what your guidance says? David is an incredibly gifted channel, and he is one who has made some pretty dramatic changes in his life following his guidance, so we are very excited for him to join us, and we'll be spending the rest of the month talking about um, connecting with spirit guides and uh, tuning into your guidance and looking through the veil. We'll have a special All Hallows episode. So please uh, tune in next month. Make sure to tune in live, especially to David's episode, because I guarantee you're going to want to ask him some questions. Absolutely. So, He's such an amazing man and channel and, and has such incredible information for us. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for doing all that you do out in the world. It is an honor to know you and to witness you on your path. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.